What are amphibians? Amphibians and reptiles are often grouped together, but each class has its own interesting characteristics and deserves to be considered separately. The study of amphibians and reptiles is called herpetology. The study of amphibians alone is called amphibiology. Miriam Gilbert, starting a terrarium. Hello? 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 Is that you? Did you say Fibonacci? <laughs> it came out like oh, mathematician's ears just perked up. Because it's like, I don't get that reference, but it's amphibiology. Amphibiology and herpetology. Now, herpetology I knew. I didn't realize amphibiology was a thing. No, and it's just like the word spelled so odd that I wasn't prepared on how to say it properly. You know, I, and I, let's let's be real. Even if I was prepared, I still probably wouldn't say it properly. No, no, no. Who would expect you to? And that's, that's just not a reflection of you. That That's <laughs> I right. I'm not even sure. I've never heard that word, and I feel like that's one I would have heard if I if I heard herpetology before. I feel like amphibiology should have shown up at some point. So I'm right. willing to bet that that is not a real word. And that in the 1960s, it just flew under the radar, and she got that thing published. <laughs> I think so. Anyway, I'm Ty. I'm Kyle, and this is the Canadian Leprechaun Show. What's going on, Kyle? Oh, not a lot. Just enjoying a little beer here. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what Detroit's got going on, but we've we we are under a a winter storm warning here. We got a little bit of snow, but you guys, um, yeah, I'm surprised how much snow you've gotten because I've been seeing stuff on the face space well, and whatnot. We, we haven't gotten it yet, so we got a little bit two days ago, but that was only like two inches, and it's already melted. But tonight mm-hmm. we're supposed to get in my area like five to eight inches. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, which is ridiculous because it's, you know, April yeah. 16th. But it is a right. and I get it, blah blah But I want to confess to me tonight that she put her Uggs away the other day. So, again, <laughs> we're in, like, the same predicament we were exactly a year ago when she put, like, her hat and gloves away. Oh, man. So she's kind of screwed. Ooh, she's just got to grin and bear it at this point, yeah, right? She, well, she likes snow. So I almost think she did it on purpose. <laughs> Now I will like she was she was somehow calling the snow gods by yes, but I, what I will say is this: if, if it's going to snow, I, I like it when it's like five inches or more. I do I do like a snow like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like the one to two inch crap. I, I think it's just a waste of time and energy to shovel it. And, but I'm a man of principle, so I do shovel. right. So I I don't know. So how much? Because you guys moved to a new place. How much do you have to shovel when you do get snow? We have a pretty large driveway. So we have a three-stall garage. Anna and I get two of them, and our co-tenant gets the other one. Um, mm. So it, it's like a – it's I it's a loose L shape, like a capital L kind of. So mm. Come up to the driveway, and then there's like a 90-degree turn to get into your stall. So it's 
I mean, it's a good size. It's not your standard like suburbia driveway. It's a little bit bigger than that. Now, I I can't complain too much because I do have a snowblower. Mm. So I bet the snow gets pretty excited. Uh, the snow gets very excited, Ty, and I was waiting for that. But <laughs> I will say sometimes I do just prefer to shovel. Just mm. I, I like the labor. And I know that's a little bit weird, but I don't know if I'll be shoveling tomorrow. Yeah. No, I get it. I I get the whole labor thing. Sometimes it's good to just kind of get a sweat going, especially too, like a lot of times you're shoveling, like it can be a pain in the ass to do it early in the morning, but there's also a lot of times when I'm like, if I get a little bit of outside time when it's cold, but I can work up a sweat, like there's something almost refreshing about it. It feels so good. And that's, that's part of what I love about running. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. And you like stole my, my, my words when you said that, because <laughs> I, there, there is something special about sweating when it's cold and it being okay. I don't know. It mm-hmm. just, I, yes. Yeah. Very well. Cause I've, I've been doing lately. Cause it's still been like, like we've had some good days, but um, a lot of times I'll exercise in the morning. So even on good days, it'll still be a little bit cooler. Yeah. And, um, so I've been doing a lot of like pushing sled exercises. So like I'll put like weights on this sled that I bought like five months ago and I'll just do sprints back and forth outside. And yeah, kind of the same thing. There's something just very refreshing about the cold breathing in the cold air and kind of helping energize you, so to speak. Yeah. It's interesting. You say you've had some good days, like last, I think it was last Tuesday here. It was 80 degrees. And yeah, you guys, you guys got the nicer weather. Cause like we had, we had some good, like 60 degree days, but yeah, I heard you guys had super good, at least one or two days. I was one day, I, cause it was, it was very fitting. It was right before we went on spring break for what it's worth as a school. Like we went away from e-learning for five days. It was like the Tuesday we had one more day of class Wednesday. Uh, but that Tuesday, I mean, I was sitting outside. I didn't have a shirt on just basing in the sun checking my email from time to time but yeah that was that was a day i really kind of like being in quarantine and then these days i i don't like being in quarantine so right because you're stuck inside yeah yeah so are you drinking any beer right now uh not right now um decided i did not want one tonight so i am just drinking water i am drinking it out of a Great Lakes beer glass, yeah. if that counts for anything. You probably get a little bit of osmosis there. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> some leftovers. I mean, I'm not trying this, but... How about you? I am drinking. So this is the beer that I shared with you guys for your birthday up in Michigan. Uh, mm. I came up the Reformation Brewery, uh, the the Belgian style triple. Oh yeah, the one you got in Savannah. Uh, I drank it for the first time in Savannah. I, I purchased it and planned a whole family trip to Chattanooga around the fact that I could get it there. That's it. And so um, this is actually, Ty, this is a big deal. This is the last one. Oh. So I'm drinking this. Man. I'm drinking this because this, this, this is a good show to do it on. So um, there's something, there's something kind of when you get a specialty beer. And like you just try to make it last, 
and then when you have that last one like it almost feels like a like a mini event like you have to you should like shut off the tv and shut off any distractions and just like kind of try to sit and focus and on that, it, that's know? really what i'm doing here i mean yes i'm talking to you but i figured this is as good a time as any to enjoy this because yeah i enjoy your company and uh man it goes down smooth yeah totally and it's uh gosh what's the percentage on this it's a good one too too damn high. Uh, i mean it's not as high as i thought it's 9.2 but still that's pretty decent that's a it's double a budweiser a, it'll kick you in the face i uh i have a running joke with a few guys i work with at school um and coincidentally, the last time I think I drank one of these at home was during a snowstorm when I had to shovel. So I commented <laughs> to them, like, you know, I was like, it made shoveling really fun. Like, I was smiling outside the whole time while I was shoveling. And, uh, yeah, well, I'll probably uh, – well, I won't get to shovel tonight because it's supposed to be overnight. But I'll be right. tomorrow morning. Probably, probably when yeah. I don't feel very good. I'll probably have a headache when I'm shoveling tomorrow. Right. But, well, but then maybe the fresh air will do you some good on the head. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, yeah, I hear you. So, yeah, I think um, I did see we're under a warning for like four inches. It just said South Michigan. So I don't exactly know if that's like South Middle or like all of the South, you, you know, like it's. Because normally, like, because Liz and I, we live north of Detroit, but it's considered just, like, you know, southeast Michigan, right? Like, it's pretty standard. Like, if you're hearing any news about what's going on in Michigan, it's southeast Michigan because where Detroit right. is. But it's just, like, south is, like, I don't know. If you think of it in the context of the United States, like, there's a big difference between, like, Florida, like, only Florida versus everywhere south of like Oklahoma or something like that. Yeah. I mean, Southern Florida is a long way down there. Mm. And I think people have a hard time comprehending that. Like, I mean, even Southern Illinois is hard to comprehend for me. Like it's a completely different place. Like Anna went to grad school there. And so like when I would go down there, like for the weekend and stuff, it would be, you know, 15, 20 degrees warmer than it was in Peoria. And I get down, man, this oh, yeah. is fantastic. Like, it's a world. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's the same state. Yeah, yeah I I mean, Detroit, that's, I, I'm dumb because I've been there before. That's like, it is below the midway of the mitten, right? And yeah. it's. It's further east or further west than the center of the mitten. Uh, further okay. east. Hold on, I gotta do the yeah. thing. It's further east, like because it's on the on a lake, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 or yeah, lake or river. It's by a body. Okay. Water. Wow, we really know. I, I feel bad. I I know. I've <laughs> I've lived up here almost three and a half years, and I still don't know places well because well. i mean i i remember going with you guys and john and christine we went somewhere to eat that day before Anna and i left and mm-hmm. we were close to canada is that right am i making that up no no we were we were looking you can look across the you can look across that body of water and see canada you can wait it's got to be one of the great lakes right uh I, it's it's probably like a tributary. Is that a word? Maybe. 
Yeah. No, it's okay. a word. I think it's the right word, right? Fjord. Fjord's a body of water, right? Yeah. Liz is saying inlet. inlet. It's an inlet. Well, what's yeah. a tributary? I don't know. Liz, do you know what a tributary is? Sorry, she's she's multitasking. She's our now. fact checker tonight. Yeah, she is our fact checker. Okay. She'll get back to us. She'll get back to us. A river or stream flowing into a larger river or lake. Okay, so I'd be interested to know what that thing, that strip is called. And then we can confirm whether or not that is a, indeed a tributary of a great lake. So additional fact check, Liz is saying it is just the Detroit River. I thought it had a fancier name than that. All right. Okay. It is still called the Detroit River, but it's like something different. Okay. She's confirming it technically has a fancier name, but everyone calls it the okay. Detroit River. Well, uh, th- that's, that's good enough for me. So I guess it's not a great lake. I didn't... <laughs> it's like a of Gibraltar. Yeah, uh, of Gibraltar, that's that's yes. the probably the most famous strait I know. That and then the what is it, the Bering Strait? Yeah, that's the, the one strait. from Alaska to Russia, right? Right, and that that was actually like solid during the yeah. Ice Age. That's what allowed all the yeah people the land bridge. Yep, yep. Kyle just said land bridge. I got land bridge okay. all over. Everybody right read from the same history book. That's good to know. <laughs> God, that that is like one of those staple facts that you learn in school that you never forget. Like that one, and then mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. And then, Mm. I don't know, Pythagorean theorem is probably in there. Everybody seems to know A squared plus B squared equals C squared. This is interesting, Kyle. Now you got me thinking, like, what what are like facts that are seared into Like, what are universal things that everybody remembers from school? You know what I mean? Um, a squared plus B squared equals C squared. That's Pythagorean theorem. That's too. what I just said. Yes. So okay, that, I mean, sorry. that's definitely one, right? <laughs> yeah. So like people can one. recite it, but they might not necessarily know what they're saying. You know what I mean? Like, so True. the Bering Strait was the land bridge, da, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. Mitochondria is mm-hmm. the powerhouse of the cell. A squared plus B squared. Right. B squared. Um, did you ever... So this, uh, I always remember just because it was related to food, but in science class, like, you know, junior high science class, learning about protons and electrons, the plums. Oh, the plum pudding model. Yes. Uh, That was who came up with that. Oh, Oh, I don't remember. Liz, where's Liz? (laughs) Plum pudding model. Plum pudding model. Do you remember who did that? She didn't realize I was this talking to her. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who did it? She's yeah. JJ Thompson. JJ Thompson. JJ he JJ didn't Ray. have a P in his name, though, right? It was like T H O M S O N. He 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 didn't have a P in his name, though, right? Like it was Thompson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is so stupid that I know Tom York. Okay. One more. I just thought of another one. Who invented right. the cotton gin? And I know the answer. Uh, but I feel like a lot of people know this one. Maybe not. Maybe it's not as. Uh, 
it like is no uh it's like kind of on the tip of my tongue but eli whitney yeah yeah that's it wow okay well we just kind of nerded out Um, there for like three minutes so we did hold on uh was it george washington carver that invented peanut i thought he just invented the peanut he just can you i was being a jerk yes (laughs) i don't know did he invent the did he invent peanut butter? I thought he had something to do with peanuts. I did he invent peanut butter? That seems, or was it something to do with peanuts? I think he invented peanut butter. I'm gonna go with I, that I'm, until somebody somebody else proves me wrong, which nobody can. Nobody has the technology to look up such a fact. Carver developed hundreds of products using the peanut, sweet potatoes, and soybeans. He was a champion of crop rotation and agricultural education. I'm not seeing like inventor of peanut butter. Like I'm seeing that he did stuff with the peanut. Ah, he was known as known as the young plant doctor. The young plant doctor. Right. Who is the old plant doctor? I don't know. That'd be kind of a cool nickname, though. Young young plant doctor. Yeah. YPD. Like Rob Van Dam. Right. Ty, we've been talking for 20 minutes about absolutely nothing. We've been going. Nothing. Yeah. Um so so during this quarantine time, Kyle, you got any uh shows or movies you and Anna have been watching? Uh actually just up to about four days ago, no. We did not get on the Tiger mm-hmm. King bandwagon. Are you planning so on getting on the bandwagon? So I made it through about half of an episode. We tried. The mistake we made was we okay. were watching it on our iPod, iPad in bed, and I fell asleep yeah. within the first half of it. I, I said out loud, this is stupid, and just rolled, rolled to sleep. <laughs> and we haven't been back to it okay. since. That was probably about a week ago. So I I – all right. I don't think I'm going to get into it. I really don't. Uh, but we, and this is going to sound a little embarrassing, we've started rewatching House MD on Amazon Prime. Her and I both really like that show, you know, when it was out. Like we were in like high school when that show was pretty popular. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like high school, uh, college. I, I've yeah. always really liked that show. I know it's pretty cookie cutter, cutter and like the, the like, you basically insert, okay, freak, freak, weird disease, house makes a joke. It's not what they originally thought it was. And then they figure out what it is later. Like that's pretty much every episode. But I just, I really enjoy his character and I appreciate a lot of the the humor Mm -hmm. actually in the show, especially in the early stages. So that, 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 that's one we've been watching and like Anna's been begging. Like we watch one and then Anna's always like one more. I'm like, no. I pop her on the nose and then I go to bed. <laughs> so, but to answer your question, that and then like I'll go up into bed and I'll watch some form of stand up mm-hmm. stand up comedy, or I will watch old vintage Chicago Bulls NBA finals games. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I was watching vintage sports video this morning. I was showing Rose um, the 2002 home run derby 
where Sammy Sosa was in it and it was up in Milwaukee and he like went absolutely ham. He didn't win, but he had one round where he hit 10 home runs and half of them were over 500. I vaguely remember that. I, that, that home run derby always stuck out in my mind. Like I I can't remember any other moment from any other home run. Was that, was it McGuire in there then too? No, um, because I think I don't know if McGuire was out of the league by then because it was 2002. Because he probably wasn't out of the league, but I don't think he was. I think he was kind of getting hurt a lot by that point. Um, I forgot who else was in that because, uh, yeah, Sammy didn't end up winning. He got to the finals, but I didn't even rewatch it to the finals. I just showed her all the sure. highlights of Sammy. So well, that's so, all because um. Because I I I'll be honest. I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion. Sammy Sosa is actually really? my favorite Cub. Yeah, I mean, I, yep. I don't. We we grew up in a yep. time where he was the guy, and everybody else sucked basically. So like, I I don't think that's that far fetched. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I like, can... he's got a lot of there's a lot of bad blood, especially like you know, mm-hmm. kind of how he left Chicago, but and also the fact that he took steroids sure. and won't actually admit to it. However, my opinion is that I think the league kind of not kind of I think the league encouraged that behavior and kind of ter- took an intentional blind eye so to me it's kind of like akin to the you know the scuff ball era or you know it's like any any era where it's made up of players that kind of cheated but right. they were still great you know a lot of those people are still in the hall of fame right and in my mind it's you know it's just it's a part of the history it's a part of the game I, I I don't know. So long story short, I will, he will always be my favorite player because I can say that that 98 season that got me interested in baseball and in sports, like in general, because I wasn't super, super into sports at that point. Um, but I just like, I remember just, it seemed like every game Sammy would hit a home run and like to watch that chase going on. Oh my God. That was fun. I mean, awesome. I, and I think that's a direct product, unfortunately of steroids and whether that's right or wrong, I don't really care. Mm. I, I'm of the mindset that if somebody wants to do that to their body, let them, I, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe that's really the wrong yeah. viewpoint to have, but like you said, that was a part of the game at the time and man, it did make it fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I also think baseball is trying to recreate that, but by they're juicing the balls versus juicing the people, because like home runs have skyrocketed. And there's been I think like you know like fan graphs and baseball prospectus, like they've actually done studies like when the balls change to a different type of man. When MLB changed who the manufacturer of the balls were, all of a sudden you get more home runs, you get harder. Um, you get harder contacts. Um, your lot or no, not launch angle. That wouldn't really matter for the ball. But like a lot of a lot of advanced statistics that kind of like say like, hey, the ball's getting harder. It correlated yeah, and- with that event. So I don't know. They, I, like home runs are cool. You know, it just it, it is what it is. Home runs are and cool. Like I baseball. I am not the biggest baseball fan in the world, so I'm kind of out of touch. But. Do you think like that was a big conversation that the people of baseball had? Like, I have no doubt that that that's what's going on in my mind. Like that is very obvious. They need people to watch. Like how long of a conversation do you think it was that like, okay, when they're going to change, who's making their baseballs, 
knowing that they're going to go further and that they have more of a potential of being home runs. Like, I don't think that's a very long conversation they're having. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think too, because um, like, I think for a while, like the early or like the late 2000s, early 2010s, like you were seeing runs per game going down and like, I, I don't know. It's like they needed to do something to spice it up. So they did this and you see a big improvement in home runs, but then you've also started seeing like in baseball where you have a lot of teams that are just going for the home run walk strikeout, or like they have a lot of those type of guys. So then the game kind of slows down then when you're watching it, like it's, it's not the same game now that we used to watch when we were kids. And it's the same thing for the NBA, right? Like you like NBA back in like late nineties, early two thousands, like, you got a lot of bruising under the basket. You got a lot of mid-range jump shots versus now it's everything's either dunk, three-point in the corner, or trying yeah. to get fouled and hit free throws. Yeah, right? no, I – Unless you're the Bulls. <laughs> I – like watching what I was watching last night, and uh, like you said, I'm watching clips. I, I probably have watched a couple full games, but really I'm looking at – okay, Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Dennis Rodman are out there on the floor with Steve Kerr and Judd Butchler. Like – and the backcourt of the Utah Jazz is John Stockton and Jeff Hornacek. Like, they're white guys. They're slow. They're, like, and I'm not. Right. Like, it's just a completely different game. Like you said, like, the Utah Jazz are just implementing a pick and roll. Like, I can't tell you. Like, it's just so interesting what we call great because, I mean, Carl Malone was obviously a great player. But, like, looking at clips of him, it's like, dude, he's just chucking the ball at the basket. Like, like. There's there's yeah. crap attempts and like it does make me appreciate today's NBA more because they yes while they are taking only three point shots and or dunks like you said um, they're high percentage shots because most of the time people's feet are set and they're open like I'm looking at like what Jordan mm-hmm. was chucking up and what Carl Malone was chucking up they were not usually very high percentage shots. So, Right. And you even see some of that like afterwards when you like, you know, watching Allen Iverson, Kobe, like Kobe was kind of an old guard when he was going out because he he was still a chucker, like even down to his last days, like he was a chucker. And then like you could kind of see the transition of, you know, because by that time, like you you got Harden, you got Westbrook, you got like. Curry, you got all these guys that are taking much higher percentage shots. It's interesting. I I feel like today's best NBA players, their best scorers, I should say, are still chuckers, but they they seem so much more in rhythm when they're putting the shot up than, you know, back when, like you were saying, Kobe and Iverson. I mean, that, that was definitely a rough spot for basketball because the draft classes were bad. And nobody really quite knew what they wanted to be. Like everybody wanted to be Jordan, but it just produced bad basketball. Like last night. So do you remember it all? I don't know how much you watched when you were growing up. The the year that Kerr hit that game winner to win the title in game six, I think it was in 98. It might've been 97. I've, 
I, I've seen a little bit about that, but I didn't like. I didn't follow heavy at that time. I've seen stuff like so. As I watched that effect. that like four play transition where the Chicago went down and then Utah got the rebound and went down and chucked a bad shot. And then Chicago came down. Like it happened so fast. But I I'm watching. They got Jordan the ball right, and Stockton comes over to double team. It happens very fast. But literally, Jordan's got the ball on the left side of the floor. And everybody else is just standing and watching. So, like, I understand that everybody else wanted to be Jordan. Like, the greats in the early 2000s wanted to be like Jordan. And so, basically, they just wanted to Mm -hmm. isolate, right? But, like, I'm watching Jordan do that. The isolation, everybody's standing watching. It all happens very fast. But, I mean, he takes two dribbles. The double team comes. He passes off the curve. And then he hits the game winner. And, like, it's just – it was just – there was nothing to it. And like, I think about the warriors now, like, yeah, a lot of times it's one-on-one, but they have a lot of sets to get their guys open. Like I'm thinking like when they had Curry and Durant, like there was actual design plays to get their guys open and good opportunities to score. Like that was not what Chicago did in that case. Like they handed the ball to MJ and said, go, go score. And if something, yeah. And like go go score. All he had to do was just pass it off to Kerr. And if he's good enough shooter, which he's a professional, like that's what he was in the game for, he's gonna knock that down. So it's just I don't know. I don't really know what my point was with that, but I guess the idea is that there was just a lot of standing around and a lot of low percentage shots back in the late nineties, and I can understand why the early two thousands was not a very good product. But I, I will say I think today's product is better. I still don't really watch it because the Bulls are so bad. But I, I definitely think, like, if I sat yeah. down and watched it, I would be, you know, at least pleased with what I saw for the most part. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. And I'm with you, too, on uh, not watching as much as I would like to. And Bulls basketball is a big reason for that. So hopefully hopefully that starts to change. Yeah, already the there. They made recently. I haven't been keeping close yeah. track. I think they put like they got two assistant GMs. Is that right? Two names yeah, that I couldn't I, repeat what, what they are, but it sounds like he's moving pretty fast. <laughs> um, sticking on NBA, I've been seeing. Um, I think like Bleacher Report and The Ringer have both been posting these, but uh, like they've been doing redrafts of like late '90s, early yeah. 2000s drafts. And that's been really fun. I actually got one pulled up. Uh, this was from the Ringer redraft of 1999. Um, so, okay, quiz time. Can you remember who was the first was pick that in the Olo a candy? draft? Okay. Nope. So it was Elton Brand. Elton Brand was number one. So the year before that, was that Duncan then? That would have been 98, I think. Or would that have been... Duncan might have been 97, 90. Like, I see, I have a hard time with, like, okay, drafts happen in the in June. No, so so Olova Candy was in the okay. 98. He was so the 98. Duncan, then Olova Candy, then Brand um, was 99. Is that what you said? Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yep. He was serviceable. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in the redraft, I'm going off the ringer, the redraft, they would, and I think that's fair. I think he was probably the best pro out of that draft. Atrocious, but it went in. Um, 
All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if you know the top. Can five you give seed, me can, uh, can, can you, you give me the two. team names? And, yeah, uh, number two. This was for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I think he is most known for his time oh. with the Rockets. So. And I think he played for Ooh. the Knicks too. So it was Memphis that drafted. Uh, Ty, I've mm-hmm. got nothing right now. I like this game, but um, dang it! Okay, uh, Steven yes. franchise. I had his rookie. I actually I don't remember if he played for the Knicks, but he, I don't like, the remember Memphis drafting him. Was right? that that had to be a, been a trade win because? Okay. Yeah, they, they keep going. Number three, yeah. who, who number three? All right, number three. This is the Hornets. Um, he was uh, a guard. Baron uh, Davis also played for. Nice. Also, pl- okay. yes, you got it. This is fun. All right. Um, okay, number four. Um, drafted by the Clippers. Um, forward. Uh, Probably most known playing for the Lakers. Lamar Odom. Either is married or was married to a Kardashian. Yep, okay. Yes. And number four. All right. Number five. I okay. I can't give you any hints on this guy. The other Raptors. Than was this? The Raptors. Uh, ooh. Guard center. What was he? Man, I don't even know. It does like these other ones. I knew what you're, positions they were. This is really going to tick me off. I never heard of this name. guy before. Hold, just just give me a second. All right. Do you want like initials, give me initials or something or a first name? All right, JB. Oh God, I got nothing. Sorry. Right. Oh my Some gosh! Dang it! Jonathan okay, yes, I, I knew I was going to be mad when you said it. He was he was very young, <laughs> and I think he was injury prone. Mm-hmm. So when they drafted him, I think they knew he was injury prone and young, and he never worked out. Obviously, because I know his name, but yeah, right. like now that you said it, I remember watching right. this draft. So this this was a fun game. I don't think any of our listeners would care to listen to it. It's fun for me, and that's really all that matters. (laughs) All right. If we have more of these episodes, we'll have to pull up. Because I would say 98, like the Tim Duncan draft, I think I've got pretty pretty well. I can name the first three picks right now if you want me Mm -hmm. to. It was Tim Duncan, Keith Van Horn by the New Jersey Nets, and then Boston drafted three, and I think they took Chauncey Billups. No, you got. The I don't think so. Off. Oh, the Tim I, Duncan. At least according so to what I'm looking 90. at. Oh, the Tim Duncan. Sorry, I thought you said uh. 98, yes, 98 so Tim Duncan's candy. year. So I guess it was '97. '97. I'm thinking okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand why you said I was wrong. But Duncan, then Van Horn, then Billups. Okay, and then number four. Uh, I'm having a harder time with that one. But then I know Ron Mercer also went six to the Celtics. That ends part one of Ty and I's conversation. 
Uh, we spent the bulk of that session talking about sports. Uh, the next part of the conversation, we transitioned to other things. Uh, and as always, plenty of awkward pauses and just weird, random musings of Ty and Kyle. Thanks for listening. We'll look forward to hearing from you next time.